You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everyone, this show is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. You can find them on Instagram at Kingpin Tattoo Supply. You can also head over to KingpinTattooSupply.com and check out all the new items they have in stock like Anchored Stencil Solution, the stencil application solution developed by tattooer Nico Hurtado, a former guest of the show. From stencil solution to flash, get what you need at Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Make your order today online at KingpinTattooSupply.com or by calling them at 1-888-299-5675. Kingpin Tattoo Supply for the artist since 1996. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. This show was a real treat for me. It was, it came about really quick and I was able to get, it just so happened that uh, Tennille was visiting Cleo in um, LA and they happened to be together and available to do the show. And so um, with the help of Jeremy doing some coordinating uh, down there at Sullen, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, we got Cleo and Tennille on the show at the same time, which for me as an artist and as a tattooer to get two amazing artists on at the same time who are best, you know, best friends and really know each other was super fun. So um, it was enjoyable to have them you know go back and forth in the conversation as well we hit on a bunch of topics um including you know Tennille's sobriety um the best breakfast spots in LA and and some other places uh podcasting came up it was good uh fun time talking about that and some of the podcasts they're listening to and some of the inspiration that I found when I started podcasting and so that was great you know, it was just a really fun conversation and I enjoyed every bit of it. So I hope you guys do too. This is Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson and this is my talk with artists Cleo Wattenstrom and Tennille Napoli. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm super excited. This is going to be a first for the show. I have two guests with me tonight, uh, Cleo Wattenstrom and Tennille Napoli. How are you girls? We're good. We're yeah? really good. Yeah. What do you get? <laughs> now, you've been hanging out with Cleo. Tennille, you came into the States. You've been hanging out with Cleo. What have you guys been doing? Uh, we've just been, oh, we, we worked over at uh, Timeline yeah. uh, in same same. San Pedro. San Pedro. I, I don't think I'm seeing it right either. I think it's San Pedro. Yeah. So that was really cool. We just did a couple of days there and, you know, I've been just sort of chilling and Cleo, Cleo is like my Zen bug. She makes yeah. me yeah. chill out. So yeah, we've just That's been good. doing yoga and massage, girly stuff. Yeah. Oh, time's good. gone by really yeah. quick. I really don't, tomorrow it's been a week since she's been here. I feel like she's been here like Three days tops, yeah, yeah. maybe. So it sucks. It's crazy but, yeah. when you're having fun how time flies, right? I mean, it's really yeah. the, that old saying is so true. You know, the the experiences that we're having are just when we're enjoying them, they just seem to fly right by. So. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I think I was like, oh, I'm going, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm off, I'm off to Texas tomorrow for the Star City Tattoo Expo. Uh -huh. And Cleo uh -huh. was like, 
you haven't been here for a week? I'm like, yeah, tomorrow I have. I actually have been here for a whole week, and it does. It literally does feel like just a couple of days, but yeah. When you get out here, it's mostly kind of vacation for you, or, I mean, you did do some tattoos, um, but is it, you kind of like try to just more use it as a time to decompress? Well, it's sort of a a bit of both, She tries. Yeah, I try to relax. (laughs) And you try to get her to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like this is also with a lot of tattooers, we just end up working always more than <laughs> we want to. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's fun. I mean, it's 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 fun. You know, I, I've been tattooing twenty years, and you know, I tattooed today and had a blast. You know, was challenged in the piece and was also rewarded in the piece. You know, it was. It was a it was a great day, you know, of of tattooing. So it's one of those things where I think, you know, as an artist, I want to be fulfilled that way. You know, I want to go and sit down and make a piece of art that I'm in that I enjoy. So it's an attractive thing. I think it, it draws me to it. Has for the last twenty years. I think also though for Tennille, because Australia is out in nowhere and not close to the States or Europe or anything. So when she does come, I feel like you have some clients here, right? Yeah. Yeah. That you want to finish and continue on and see as well. So it's kind of, it's not every day she gets to come out here either Mm -hmm. because she has a life back home and kids and a big shop and you know, so. Yeah. So I sort of, it's been like a hectic life so yeah this this time of the year I like to come over to this because I love the states like it, I just keep getting drawn back here she loves visiting I, me yeah it's That's clear it's clear yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean I try to get over here as much as I can but obviously my commitments at home are pretty pretty hectic I do yeah I've got two studios plus kids and yeah. all the rest yeah. of the staff and you know all my girls and it's sort of difficult but this this week I mean like it's been good like we've been just chilling out and it's been really cool and I love my American clients too you guys are so strange (laughs) (laughs) in what way I don't know man your humor is just sometimes like when I'm talking with my clients like I don't know like whether you guys are joking and then I'm laughing and they're like are you like laughing right now I think I think I I I think they feel the same about you yeah I don't know I, I find everything pretty funny, though, so maybe that's... Do, do you feel like um, there's a huge difference in Australia and the States? Like, I haven't been to Australia. I would love to travel more. Um, and, but just, you know, being able to be so kind of entrenched in tattooing in both areas, Cleo says it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. How does it... How different is it to be there? Um, well, I mean, Australians are tattooed crazy. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, everyone's like, you know, there's heaps of work down there. There's lots of people that are passionate about, you know, collecting like full sleeves and body suits and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, well, cause we're, we're summer all year round, so mm-hmm. people can get their bits out, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it is, it, it's, it's hard for me to say like, I know that like obviously when I come here I get inundated with people that are like you know want want my work and stuff like that so isn't it kind of state to state as well yeah yeah I feel like yeah America's it's one country but I feel like 
I mean, Texas is so different. Like you're going tomorrow from yeah. like LA to right. New York to, you know, wherever. So the Midwest everywhere. Yeah. It's really, it's different cultures everywhere, even in California on its own. Totally like different cultures. Yeah. So yeah. Northern California is way different culture than Southern California. Um, just a different vibe, not in a bad way or a good way. It's just like, Oh, definitely, definitely. Because, like, well, in Australia, I mean, everyone's pretty, yeah, similar. Like, you go to Melbourne and they're, like, a little bit more hipster, but I've really only been into the cities, but they're all still really relaxed and Sydney's a little bit busier, but, you know, it's sort of the same. Like, we're all round, pretty similar, you know, people, but I definitely have noticed that, you know, the difference in the energy and stuff in the different states that I've been in, in the States, it's like being in a completely different world. Yeah. And you've all got different kinds of accents as well. So <laughs> like when I go from state to state, I'm like, yeah, I really like the, <laughs> like the New York accent or the, you know, like, I don't know. I haven't been to Texas yet. Have so you, that's going to be crazy. You, There's yeah. going to be some crazy like cowgirls and cowboys there. Mm-hmm. So I bought yeah. my, straw. she's got a hat. Yeah. I bought. Did my you hat. really? Kubra, which is like a cowgirl hat that I'm going to wear and I want to get some matching boots for that. So That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys got to get a little shopping in before you go. Oh, we've already I'm done that. I'm not going though. I don't need a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to LA? Because you're not originally from there, right? No, and I never had any intentions or plans of moving here. I just, um, well, I fell in love and then I got married and he lives here. So yeah. Yeah. Works out though. I mean, good for you. Do you like being, I mean, LA's like right now it's, it, it's a hot spot, you know? I mean, there's so much good tattooing and there's so much shit going on over there. Um, you know, it's gotta be an exciting city to be in. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've been traveling a lot ever since I was born, even with my parents. I'm, I don't really have any place that I consider home not even Sweden where I say I'm from where my passport is because I'm not even born there I lived there for seven or eight years but LA's been tricky for me because like I told you even in California there's so many different kinds of people cultures places and it because of that and it's not it's also built differently than most cities it's not like there's like a core and then it grew out from there and it has suburbs it's like different parts. So it takes some time to, you know, find your way around, get to know your spots, your people, where do you like, where do you not like? And I was living, we were living up in Hollywood before and I wasn't really too happy there. Not with work, not with living, but now we I'm just glad we don't have to drive down that mountain anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I feel much safer here. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, but now, now I live in Venice. Um, you like that more? Yeah, I, Much just, I couldn't be happier. It's like night and day. It's. What do you like about Venice? Well, there's a community here. Yeah. We have friends that live close. We have big dinners. We, we pretty much walk everywhere. There's great spots to eat. There's lots of stuff to do. There's the beach. There's nature. Mm-hmm. There's um. Everything I, I I want and need in my life, there is really close. There, it's around. And we might go to Hollywood or somewhere else, like if you're going out for the night or if you have guests visiting. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I just I can't really see myself being happy anywhere else. 
in LA looking at where my life is at right now. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite uh, food spot in Venice for breakfast? Um, um, for Did you say for breakfast? Yeah, no? for breakfast. Like your breakfast specifically. Yeah, well, I mean, then I'm going to ask lunch and lunch? I'll probably ask dinner later. But I say brunch. Yeah, let's go brunch. The tasting kitchen. The tasting kitchen. What do you I get there? Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. Amazing. I took Tennille there yeah. um, this Sunday. Oh, we had Bloody Marys too. I haven't had one of those for, in forever. You see, that of was going to was minus the vodka, as I am sober. Okay, that's good. That's good. And that was going to be my question: Was it mimosas or was it Bloody Marys? <laughs> oh, Bloody Marys! All yeah, I like that. See, that's spicy. Too. Definitely. That's good shit. I, I love a good Bloody Mary as well. So Oh, so good. All right. So if you're going to have to go out then for dinner, after, you know, Bloody Mary's, you hang out, you go tattoo all day. Oh, uh, well, if I was tattooing all day, I probably wouldn't have time for brunch and dinner, <laughs> but. Um, a short session, a half day okay. session. Okay. In Venice? Yep. Okay. Um, probably Jelena's. Which is quite boring because I feel like that's what everyone's going to say who lives in Venice. <laughs> What's Jelena's like? But it's for a reason. Um, well, the place is really cozy in itself. And then it just has, they have great food. It's like small tapas kind of plates, mixed cuisine. It's not its not Spanish tapas or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's, it's just really good. Yeah. Yeah. You order like a bunch of shit. You go there with a lot of people and then you just pick off each other's plates Family style. Family style. Ain't that the way to eat, though? I mean, Best style. Really, like, you know, all around a big table with a bunch of people, all having fun, good conversation. Like, that's the shit. I think that's, you know, what a lot of times we're striving. You know, me, personally, I, lo I love and strive for that, you know, whether it's with family or whether I'm at the tattoo shop. Like, today, just bullshitting with, you know, different people that I haven't seen in a while that haven't been in the shop, but they happen to be there today. You know, it's cool to have those experiences. So I'm right there with you. I had some wine with the family last night, had a good time. Nice. <laughs> and that's also a big part of living here is that we have so many friends that are close and there's a bit of a community. So you could do those kind of things way more casually and spontaneously than, than I would be able to do. For example, when I lived in Hollywood where everyone would have to get in their car to see each other and everyone lives like at least in our situation our friends lived all over the place but here it's like we have big out space we have big in space people can come over they can hang you know it's mm -hmm. super casual and it can happen any day same day you know that's cool do you find that you're um traveling more or less these days well, these days, like last year, I was in LA, I think a month altogether, honestly, because yeah. we were just on the road. And that's mainly just because my husband works mm -hmm. abroad. And then I just pack my stuff up and I work wherever he has to be. But this year, since we got the house here in Venice, I am planning to move as little as possible because mm -hmm. I just love it here. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Tennille? It's back to Australia, back to Garage Inc. Yeah. Um, well, I've got another – I'm doing Hawaii. I'm definitely doing Hawaii this year. And then it's my daughter's 13th birthday. And when the kids were little, like when they turned both turned about seven, 
I told them both that they could choose anywhere in the world that they want to go for their 13th birthday. So it's, bam, it's here already. And yeah, my daughter, she's chosen that she wants to go to Disneyland. So lucky me, I'm back in LA. And she wants and visit Cleo, of course. (laughs) So we're doing Hawaii and then um, back to LA for a week to do that. And yeah, I think that's pretty much, I've got some travel next month down to Sydney uh, I'm doing some filming down there for some projects and stuff that we've got going on. Um, yeah, but then apart from that, I just pretty much stick to home. And, you know, like as far as eating out and dining and stuff down in Australia, we pretty much, well, I live uh, the new manor. The new you're, shaking, you're shaking your head. Uh, I don't no. take her out anymore. I'm like cursed. Every I'm time a, we get I'm a food snob. Every, every, a food snob. every time we go out, I take her to like the worst restaurant, and I swear to God, we have the worst experience. So oh I just, I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I have like a sparkling water? But can I not have the water, just the lemon? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we we do because I've got uh, the new manor, which is the extension of. Uh, the Brisbane Studio on Garage Inc. We've just bought a place. Well, I've just bought a place down the Gold Coast and we, I've got like half the girls actually live with me. So it's like a live-in uh, studio. It's and a tattoo it's, ranch. It's a tattoo ranch. It's like a sorority for, you know, for tattoo ladies. And yeah. um, we all take turns each each night making dinner and we all sort of, you know, chip in. And, yeah, it's really good. we got like a big 10-seater table. We all sit around and, yeah, it's it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it like sounds in amazing. The mountains and they have like, um, what's it called? Yeah, like floor-to-ceiling kind of windows in the shop. And it's on, it's on a hike because it's in the mountains. So you have this great view while you're getting tattooed or tattooing. You just feel like you're in the middle of the jungle. And you can see like the water and everything. It's just yeah, really you pretty. See, you can see the city, the Gold Coast, and and everything like that. It so affects your cool. mood like a lot when you're working. It makes I I felt way more kind of calm and just yeah, I don't know it's the happier. Zen. It's the Zen house. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? That that house like that or that kind of setup was that something that you intentionally thought? Well, shit, you know, I want to kind of create this community or. did it kind of uh naturally just kind of happen well I've always had like a dream that like that started probably about six years ago like when I opened the studio um in Brisbane that I wanted to have like a back then like I was drinking and you know like I enjoyed you know obviously going out and doing stuff so I had like this idea that I'd have like a three-story like you know, bar at the top, tattoo studio in the middle, dining on the bottom. And I always wanted to be like on top of a mountain. I don't know why. I just, I love the mountains and stuff like that. And then obviously I got sober in 2000. That would have been a disaster. 2000, 2013. Yeah. And I, I know, I think about <laughs> it now and I'm like, holy shit, there's no way I could deal with that. But yeah, so then my perception obviously changed, but I still had the idea of what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to create a retreat and I've had some of the most amazing artists from around the world that have come and guested with me in Australia already and I always have them stay with me or, you know, we have like a room where they can stay and I offer like a car and, you know, all that sort of stuff because I love, I love that about um, meeting other artists from around the world or even just locally, you know, that have got all these different perceptions on the way that they they inlay 
their process um, as artists, whether it be tattooing, painting, photography, whatever. And I just love having new people in the environment to keep it fresh and to keep it organic, you know. Um, and then so obviously I needed a place that was big enough. So, you know, I've had my apprentice, Carly, she's been living with me for just over four years now. So she's with me. And then I obviously got a couple of the other girls that are that are living with me now, too. And it's just, you know, it's really nice. And then, yeah, we can we can have those guest artists that come and it's got like they've got their own private accommodation as well. So they've got their own uh, bathroom and, and toilet and bedroom, which is all on the studio level. So they can take their time. There's a gym, a pool, we're 10 minutes from the beach. You know, it's just it's just a really like what my goal was. Yeah, was to just have a really relaxed, creative environment where artists can come and share life experience. You know, like and just teach and you know, love and yeah. Talk about that change in your perception when you got sober. The change. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think for me, I've always struggled with with alcohol um but it was like I was never like a drinking everyday sort of person you know like because I've got kids and I do have responsibilities like I'd always make sure that when I did take the time to drink because I'm one of those people that can't just have one like I if I have one that's it I, I want to drink the whole the whole place out you know my blood gets thin my responsibilities go right out the fucking window man like and I think you know I was doing lots of conventions and you know, it was just getting a little bit too much for me, like on a mental level. And with drinking for me, it really lowered my self-worth, you know, because it wouldn't be just so much the hangover the next day. It'd be the insecurity and the depression that would, would come like a week, a week later. And I just found that my, my judgment and, and perception of things was a lot different. Um, and I knew that I had to change that, you know, like, because like, I mean, outside looking in, like everything was great. The kids were great. You know, the business was going really well artistically, you know, growing all that sort of stuff. But I just, I just knew within myself that I needed to, I needed to make a change. That makes it even more tricky though. Yeah. Well, that's what made it more tricky because, you know, you've obviously got that demon on your shoulder telling you that everything's mm -hmm. fine and you don't right. need to. And I'm just, I'm just, everything's hungover. going so well yeah, everything's with the business, going so well, you with know, everything conventions you know like having heaps of fun and yeah. you know and but I just felt within my within my heart within my soul that I that I needed to make a change for myself so I could see myself in a clearer light you know um to start making the right decisions in my life and from for me and my family and what I wanted to do as an artist and things like that and it's been a crazy journey man like I mean honestly I I you know I've I seriously it'd take about a month for me to actually tell you all the processes yeah. that I've been through as far as staying sober and all that sort of stuff. And, um, I think for me, like when I first gave up, I, I told myself 12 months, like, cause I knew that if I said to myself that I was never going to drink again, it would have been unrealistic mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I said 12 months and yeah, I did the, I did the 12 months and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to let I control my life, not a substance, you know, so and I knew that that voice inside my head that was giving me every excuse in the world to drink was not me, even though it seemed like it was me, you know, so I just took control. And then yeah, the 12 months came up, I had the beer in front of me, it was um, that, you know, midnight that night. And 
I was all ready to get on it. Everyone around me was getting on the piss. I had no responsibilities, nothing to do for like a week afterwards. We are on the beach down at Cavarita, down New South Wales, fucking beautiful out there. I could have just had a couple of beers and, you know, but I just, I, I smelt it. I was like, that smells amazing. <laughs> and I, you know, I pushed it away. No, I, I, I was like, no, like, you know, like my life and <laughs> the transformations that I've made within myself were way too strong for me to just take that away. And I just wanted to see what more I could experience because I swear to God on the path that I've been going on in my sobriety, I've felt highs that you could never experience from drugs and alcohol. I can, I can tell you that right now. Like, it's just crazy. It's awesome. How is that? But yeah. How is it for you, Cleo, seeing her go through that, you know, being a close friend of hers and watching her, you know, being well, successful. I know her when she was sober already, I didn't know her. I've just heard stories. Okay. <laughs> how is but, it? How is it? Uh, I mean, hearing those stories and then seeing her now, I mean, it seems like it'd be, it was a, a big difference, you know, how you were, um, I mean, things were going well, but like you said, but there was this other side to it. And, um, yeah. you know, you see her now with this, you know, beautiful retreat and, and her dreams kind of coming through and her being able to express those things that she ha she wanted to in her work, you know, how is that for you to see that? Um, well, for me, she's always been that person because as I said I've known I've seen her go through stuff like but she's always been the same sitting out to me because I didn't know her mm -hmm. when she was still drinking um but I can totally see what she would have been like mm -hmm. and I'm kind of glad I got to know her after <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's I think she'd be a lot of fun but like what I noticed is I seem to have a lot of my closest friends that I have they're usually at least 10 years older and they're all, most of them are sober. I'm not sober, but they are. And it's like, I can, they all have really big personalities and it's people that have already too much personality and emotion going on where I can, t I can see that if they had too many other things affecting them, like alcohol and drugs and whatever, they would just be too much. Too what, much you don't to want handle. to get naked in the rain <laughs> but in you, the park? But you Come do on, that, everybody's you do that streaking. Anyway. You yeah. do that anyway. Yeah, that's true. See, that's the whole point. <laughs> They'll do that anyway. So when those people get too much of that, that's the people who it destroys. I mean, I'm sure it destroys other people too, but that's my closest friends that I can see that with, you know, pretty directly. So well, I think talking about, you know, artists and being artists and you know, before we jumped on here, we're, you know, artists are a little weird. They're a little quirky. And, you know, talking about that depression too, that comes a week after something. And as artists, I've dealt with it in the past, depression and, and those feelings of, you know, not, you know, of self-worth, not being there. And, um, I mean, shit, pile on alcohol and those things on top of those feelings already. And you're, you're doubly fucked, yeah. you know? Yeah. You can't get a clear perspective of things when you're clouded by judgment, you know, and people don't even realize that it's the drug. It is evidently the drugs and the alcohol that cause that that lack of self-worth and, and insecurity to, to make decisions and things because a lot of people that do suffer from um, any sort of alcoholism or addiction of any sense, they usually are 
most that I've known are like doormats, you know, they're people pleasers. They're the sort of people that do want to, to be the life of the party. They want to amp everyone up. They want to get everyone excited. And then they feel that, you know, drugs and alcohol is what gives them the courage to be able to really do that, to unite people and things like that. But, you know, the next day it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the subject could go. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, it affects, it affects a lot of people. And I think it's, it's encouraging, you know, to hear your story of, you know, and I mean, again, like it's obvious when somebody's business is failing and when their, you know, relationships are failing and when other things are failing, but when things are going successful, but you still feel like you need to make a change and then you do that. I mean, it's, it's encouraging to hear that. And, um, it's exciting to see that, you know, your, your obvious excitement for what you have going on, you know, and, um, it's, it's amazing thing. So. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I would have to say that probably out of anything that I've achieved in my life, apart from my children is the thing that I'm the most and probably is, is most definitely is my sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing that actually makes me feel like proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's even it's even made me want to like sometimes consider you know <laughs> it's inspiring which is yeah and it's not like it's it's it hasn't been a big big part of my life but you know I think that most people who've partied a little especially when they're younger at some point I mean not everyone but I feel like it's not black or white it's not like either you're an alcoholic or you're not I've also had too much mm-hmm. a few times when I've been younger. And you wake up the next day and you're like, like when is, when is enough, you know? Never again. But it hasn't been affecting my life that greatly. But I also noticed that when I'm with when I'm with Tennille and I'm in Australia or our good friend Carl, for example, he's also a tattooer, tattooer. He's also sober. I don't want to drink when I'm with them. Mm. If I'm at home, it's not like I'm uncomfortable. Like we went out this weekend and I drank and Tennille didn't and we went out. And it's fine. I don't feel awkward at all. You know, she's, they're used to being sober. They'll stay out all night with me if I want to. And they're fun to hang out with. Like, it's not that. It's just that they're so great people the way they are. And they've learned to, like, deal with themselves Mm -hmm. in every situation because you have to when you're sober. There's no, there's no time off. But not not everyone needs that. But I think for them, being the big emotional, big personalities they are, they need to face that. Yeah. Or else they're hard to deal with. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, it's a lot to handle. Me. Like it's it's great, but it like why doesn't anyone love me? Yeah. <laughs> Trying my best, man. What, uh, what what tattoos did you get to do while you were here at Timeline? Me. Both. Either of you. you I love them. I love both of your styles, by the way. I mean, uh, Cleo, the black and gray, I really, I'm curious where that kind of interest came with the realistic black and gray. So smooth, so fucking beautiful. It's it's amazing work. And to Neil, obviously your shit is amazing as well. And, um, you know, talk about just recent pieces that you did, like what was stoking you out about them? Um, this Friday, I had my client, Aura. I'm working on a sleeve on her and she's done like um 
theme of her dad that passed and like he was an old I think he was an old actor like a Hollywood star so he's done things kind of around his death and I did an angel on her inner arm uh kind of praying Mm -hmm. he was very religious I think she said yeah and then on was it Monday Monday. Yeah. yeah, Monday I'm working, I was working on a leg sleeve I'm doing on a guy. He's doing like Greek mythology kind of thing. And I'm starting from the lower leg going all the way up to his hip. And it's going to be the underworld to like the water to the sky. So, God, I don't remember the names of all of them. Hades? Is that the- Hades. Ha- Hades. Oh, God. Hades. Hades. She's like, Hades? So I'm Hades? like, what the fuck is Hades? Uh, <laughs> and then Neptune, right? Okay, and yeah. There's also different names depending on it's Roman or Greek. I'm not sure. And then Zeus up there. So we're just working on his lower leg. We just, it's the second session. So, so sick, man. So sick. Yeah. yeah. What do you like about that piece that she's doing? Oh, everything. It's because it's fucking Cleo's and she's just amazing. Oh. She's a talented motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It just hurts. She's so beautiful, so talented, so awesome. I've got to be inspired by someone. <laughs> what? Where did? How did you get into tattooing, Cleo? Um, I was in Sweden, and that's also a very long story. But I'll try to make it short and sweet. I went to really good schools growing up in Malaysia and Germany, private schools. And then I came to Sweden where all the schools are free and everything, which is great. It has amazing, amazing that everyone can afford it in Sweden because it's all free. But it kind of brings the standard down, at least when you're like in high school and stuff. So like there's no respect for the teacher. It's all very like, it's not very serious. And come, just coming from where I came from, I got so bored at school. And I completely understood why there were so many, you know, kids dropping out and not interested. Like, who'd want to sit in that classroom for eight hours and listen to a teacher who got their education in Sweden because it's like the shortest, easiest education to get into when they're not even interested about what they're talking about? Not even as an adult could I do that. So I was just trying to figure out... Um, how I could get out of it (laughs) and I I don't I asked my parents a bunch about this like what was I saying when I wanted to start tattooing because I can't really recall what my thought was because I didn't go into it thinking I was going to be a tattooer I think I was just I got an idea in my head that I wanted to try it where did you see it first I don't see this is what I don't remember because it was just before those tv shows had come out Mm -hmm. so it wasn't super cool yet I remember my friends at school being kind of it wasn't like oh that's so rad it was more okay that's a bit out there it was still kind of only the punks and like there weren't a lot of tattoos around so I went and I looked for an apprenticeship and I walked into the first place that had a little tattoo sign at this really you know shitty part of town in Stockholm and it happened to be like a little dungeon with a a Mexican guy who owned it um and yeah he told me you start today (laughs) and I was 15 I think holy shit so I didn't really have a I didn't have an apprenticeship and I kind of learned as I went and I think it took a lot longer 
than it should have and that it does today for, you know, the people that are lucky enough to have a good apprenticeship under someone because, you know, I was, I quit for a year. I didn't really know what I was doing. I felt lost. I felt like I wasn't getting better because I had no one there to teach me. Mm -hmm. um, and I was getting pushed into doing a lot of stuff that I really wasn't ready for. Um, and yeah, then after like, I think three years, two or three years, I was 17, 18. I could do simple tattoos pretty okay. So that's when I left that shop and I got a job in a decent shop, I guess, in Stockholm. And from there, I just kept on. I quit school and yeah. How did you I get didn't down have to the black and gray stuff? Like the portrait, the realism stuff. And I mean, definitely... Um, there's a there's a there's a definite look to it. When when did that start developing? I feel like if I look at my drawings and paintings and stuff from even when I was a teenager or younger, they are in they kind of look like what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was more a matter of me learning. I'm still learning, but learning the technique of tattooing so I could actually do the art that was my style. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much like changing. It was more just I had to do a bunch of different styles and stuff just to learn how to actually be able to do what I was drawing and painting and stuff. Um, so I'm not sure it comes from just my inner inner self. And then, of course, like you get affected by looking at other people's work and stuff like that. I try Honestly, I, I deliberately try not to pay too much attention to Instagram and Facebook and all these things just because sometimes I will catch myself being like inspired by something. And then honestly, without thinking about it, I would have kind of like starting doing that thing with the background or taking something else. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I want to try to, I know I have my, my own flair to it. I just... I just need to, f I've, my, I've figured out a way to kind of bring it out too. And that's for me to prepare as little as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I, I find that I do my best stuff when I'm just being spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Well, th that's the, that's the tricky thing. You know, you talk about tricky things. That's a tricky thing about social media and the access that we have to the entire world and tattooers all over the world. Cause we can jump on Instagram and see these perfect tattoos all day long and people doing unique things. Um, I mean, I see shit every day that makes my, you know, jaw drop and I'm just like, damn, you know, wish, wish I would have saw that or wish I would have done that, you know, or that's such an interesting take on, you know, this piece or, I mean, it's great to see, it's inspiring, but it also can be depressing if you're like you know not maybe putting in the work that you think you need to put in or it can be overwhelming too you know or you can feel like yeah I'm getting too pushed in a direction with my artwork and um I, I mean, feel it's like tough destructive even towards originality you know because like some of I mean I've seen some tattooers that may not be like as technically amazing as some things you see and you're like how in the world did that person do that I am much more impressed by when I see someone who's like got their own thing going on. Mm -hmm. When you can see their personality, you know, it's not necessarily the most technical impressive things, but I feel like 
that's boring to me because I feel like if you work hard enough and you're a clever artistic person, a lot of people can learn how to do that. If you put enough hours and patience into it, you can learn how to do that. But there's something about when you see something that's super original that speaks to you, even if you're like artistically stupid. I think it speaks to everyone. Some people understand why it does and some under don't understand why it speaks to them. Mm -hmm. But you can't like fake it, you know? And I, I, I really believe in trying to tap into that originality because I, I think everyone has it more than others. I think you just need to learn how to, how to, yeah, how to tap into it and bring it out in your artwork so you're not just... You know, of course, perfecting and technique and stuff is important too, but yeah, I don't know. Originality. How do you, how do, you just... do that? How do you, um, when you, you know, thinking of it as an artist yourself, how are you and what are the things that you're doing to try to bring out that creativity in yourself? Well, with me specific, I find, I think it's different for every person depending mm, on, sure. you know, what you're like. What I noticed with me, which is one thing that, I can't I couldn't have done before just because it takes a certain amount of experience to feel comfortable enough technically to do that but the more for me I don't use a reference the less I use my reference the the more I find it looks like something I did you loosen up I loosen up yeah and you know for some people like I said depending on personality I think that makes them even more comfortable. Some people really like to prepare and they feel even more comfortable and get their shit out even more when they're prepared. Mm -hmm. But I'm not like that. I work better. I notice when, when I'm, when it's kind of risky, that's when I find that I do the best, which is cool. Cause I, then I feel like I can trust myself, you know, but that didn't just come overnight. You can't just start tattooing and do that. That comes organically, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you like to, are you real focused then when you're tattooing or do you like to, you know, banter with the client or the people around you or um, are you pretty much head down and into the piece? Uh, I find that at the start, I'm kind of always really focused and I have to be, mm -hmm. especially if it's something new. Um, it's different every time. Sometimes I will listen to podcasts or music when I'm doing it. Sometimes I just want it silent. Sometimes Tamil is sitting beside me and we're talking and laughing about stuff. Sometimes I'm chatting with my clients. Sometimes it's all different. Yeah. But I find that I can focus sometimes even if I'm talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, some people have different rituals. You know, I mean, clients have their rituals. They come in and do their do their things. You know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I had a, a half day session today and it was like four hours, four hour session. We got quite a bit of work done on a half sleeve and, um, you know, the client was definitely in, in some pain at the end. You guys do, and I, I've, I've, a lot of people that I talk to for the show, they do these long kind of marathon sessions. I mean, Megan Jean Morris does these gnarly 10, 12 hour sessions. How do you guys like get in, into your client and say, hey, you're going to have to deal with this. How are they dealing with that? And how do you guys deal with that? Because that's a long session to be tattooing and stay in that focused, you know, in the I, moment, you know. I used to. Place. I used to be able to do long sessions like that, like mentally. Mm -hmm. um, 
but in the last couple of years, like it really takes it out of me. Like if I'm doing more than six or seven hours, I'm like mentally, mentally fucked, you know, like I it's just sort of, I get to that point and I get, I'm like, yeah. So for me, my sessions usually run anywhere from five to seven, eight hours, sort of at the most. If I'm at a convention, I might do nine or 10, um, just purely because I never get that opportunity. Because obviously when I'm at home, like I've got strict times that I that I have to finish work for the kids and, you know, the rest of stuff. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I I like to just make sure that my clients are really calm. Like I like to make sure that they're in an environment that they feel really really relaxed in, you know, like, like with, you know, obviously at home, I've got all the girls and, you know, we always make sure that they're okay and that they've got what they want, like what they need or, you know, to, to feel relaxed and comfortable. And then I think honestly, my technique of tattooing has, has sort of morphed to not this like I don't know I think my technique is not so harsh Mm -hmm. purely because I'm a very like empathetic person so if someone if my client's in a lot of pain I can't concentrate like there's no way like I mean I've had times where I have had to tap out on my client when the client is saying no keep going and I'm like no I'm sorry I I can't I can't I I honestly when someone's in a lot of pain I I can't concentrate on my tattoo and I'm not going to give them the best work that they can so they're better off to come back to see me that hasn't happened often but it has happened like a few times but I don't know I think yeah my technique is sort of I I think maybe just not don't you finish bit by bit kind of yeah and I sort of yeah I sort of go up because we like both and do around that. and I try to I try to like do the do the tattoo in sections so mm-hmm. it's sort of not so painful for them as well and I try to make sure that they're in a nice comfortable position yeah. as well because sometimes yeah. like the way that they're laying can be like you know making them a little bit more uncomfortable or if the hand's going numb if you're doing their arm or something like that but yeah I I mean me me mentally nah like I'm I have to be really in the zone to do any more, but I, I never push myself anymore. So if I get to that point where I'm like, I've had enough and I can't concentrate anymore, I'll just, I'll just stop. But I mean, man, I used to do, like I've been tattooing for just over 15 years now and I've done some max sessions, fucking, you know, working 40, 50 days fucking straight for like 12 hour days. Like I've done that shit, man. Like, and now I'm to the point where I want to fucking really be able to put my focus in even if the time is five or six hours and really be able to sort of, you know, take a little bit more of my time. And that's another thing that I've definitely started um, this year since we had, because I had Q tattoos, he came and did a guest spot with me and Shine is beautiful wife. She's a lovely couple. And he's he was telling me just like about patience and it's more about like making sure that it's it's more my own insecurity that I'm like worried that I'm going to take too long or the client's going to be sitting there for too long or, you know, like, so I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to get this done in this amount of time, you know, like, and I try and, cause a lot of my clients fly as well. And, you know, they've had the day off work, you know, they've been waiting for a long time, you know, they might not be up to get in for a while. So there's a tremendous, a lot of like amount of pressure to get a, a big amount of work done in a, you know, a short time. 
So I've started, you know, really honing in on my insecurity surrounding that by when my client asks how long it's going to take, I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to take. But what do you say? What do you say before? Because that must be something you also. Yeah, it was me. because The pressure, you know? The pressure that I put on myself. Because I always make sure that, you know, like Bonnie writes, like, Cleo does not know how long this is. Yeah, well is see, I've never take. done that. Like because people see on my on my Instagram and on my on, on I my mean, stuff, I give it they see my big shit that I can do in that amount of time, you know, mm-hmm. and people like, you know, I well, see, this is my own perception of things. I'm like, people think that I can do that every day, you know, like, oh, you know, they're gonna be expecting like this gigantic tattoo in this amount of time and you know, this we is just what they're tell them. but it's but it's not them. It's me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's me. It's me putting that pressure on my fucking self, you know? Like, so it's I'm the one that needs to change that within myself to not put that pressure mm-hmm. so I can really start to, you know, get better as an artist, you know, because the only way I'm going to be able to, to, you know, get better and, mm-hmm. um, and learn and grow is to really start to take the time to see – you know, like oh, it's just she is. She I, is. I, she is super fast, though. But I do. I she put so fast. much pressure, like on myself. It's, inter- it's interesting because we're we're dealing with a canvas. You know, as a painter, you would spend time with the canvas, and you, you'd sit and you oh, paint, I'm, and you. What's that? I'm impatient with that too. <laughs> well, right. I mean, so you you can't. It's difficult to sit and be with the canvas. That's a that's a human being that's dealing with like the that pressure. Yeah. You know. It, it makes me get shit done. Mm-hmm. You get lazy otherwise. I, I mean, I get at least. That's the same. Um, we did, like, I talked to a lot of people who do, like, live drawings. Mm-hmm. as And the difference between that and, like, taking pictures. And I asked them a lot before I... I ever did it. And I asked, like, why do you, why do you prefer, like, the the live drawings instead of, you know, to just taking a picture and, like, taking your time? And they say, oh, well, we get more done because she or whatever is there live in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're seeing them. They're there. They're posing. Um, You only have this time. And automatically you just kind of, if you're lucky, you get into the zone and you just tap into. That's, again, sometimes pressure is good to tap into that, you know, whatever you need to be original and to get it done and to trust yourself because sometimes well, you don't really have a choice. That's another thing too that I've noticed that like when I tattoo sometimes like if I don't even think about the pressure, if I know that I'm going to get that tattoo done in that time, even if it is a big one, for some reason I can get it fucking done. Like and then – And it probably looks better. Yeah, than, like yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, weird yeah. like sometimes like and then I stress and then I'm like, fuck, this is like 10 hours, you know, this is going to be 10 hours of fucking tattooing. Like there's no way in fuck I'm going to get this done and then like I get it done like three hours before and I, you know, I did take my time or, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to take my time more. I'm trying to, yeah, hone in on my stuff. Do you yeah. do a lot of, um, do you do a lot of live drawing, Cleo? And, and, and stuff like that to keep no, yourself... I- I can't say I do it a lot, but it's just like you've it's done pretty it, you recently. Know the done a handful, you know, mm-hmm. and that that was just something, yeah, that I that I wanted to take up just on the the fact that I think pressure sometimes yeah is good for you depending on what kind of person you are, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also never put myself in a situation anymore, just because I've learned from before. 
I never put myself in a situation where I'm promising to do something bigger. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna stop. Then I then I say yeah. I'm gonna do. Right. Yeah. If anything, I'd rather like surprise them and get way more done, mm-hmm. which often happens yeah. nowadays. Right. Right. Jeez, that's a, that's as, a smart as the way other way around. About things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. you know it, it, that can happen, and sometimes when you might have that pressure, that's that's gonna kind of set the tone for that piece. And but once you're in the piece, you kind of get a rhythm and it and it feels good and and you do you finish up yeah. up early or or you've been able to knock out more than you than you thought and it's um, it's amazing when those times happen you know and you, you definitely come out those are the rewarding things and I think when you put yourself in those predictable situations with the preparation and the and the mindset and and you know how you're dealing with your client you can play with the boundaries of what you're doing with your artwork, whether that's, you know, doing something different with the shading that's going to come organically, you know, like you were talking before and not just copied from somebody else, but, you know, you're, you kind of maximize the variables going in one direction and that's to create this amazing piece of art. Yeah. And I think that's also why, why I was, why you asked me before what I like to do, like if I like to be silent or, I think the reason I said it depends is also when we have these long days, at least I have a need for different sections of the day, mm-hmm. just just for the change of things. Mm-hmm. I would have a hard time sitting and listening to the same album all day or talking all day or being quiet all day. Yeah, that's true. That's the, I think that's also one kind it of... sort of breaks up, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of a tactic to get through because I typically don't have any shorter days than seven hours anymore. I mean, it happens, but rarely. Mm-hmm. So that's what helps me. Like I have, I have different things going on. Sometimes I talk, sometimes I'm super focused and quiet. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast for an hour. Sometimes I listen to my favorite music and different, every day is different. Yeah. Sometimes my client is like a really good and we'll sit and talk for a while but sometimes I don't feel like it. Like, but I think I have the need for different, different things, different energies during the day, or mm-hmm. else I couldn't sit just in one way all day. I think I, yeah, yeah, that's not realistic. Podcast. What podcast are you into right now? Duncan Joe. Trussell and uh, Joel. Ro- jo- well, he's not. On, he's not. No, on, uh, Duncan. No, I, no. I, I'm like right Joe into Rogan. Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan, and I like it when Joe Rogan is with Duncan Trussell. But and that's just. So- episode yeah no there's more there's way more there's way more it's so funny because i haven't seen cleo in a couple of months and then we were talking about podcasts from our uber driver that was listening to some podcast or whatever and i'm like cleo's like i've been listening to podcasts i'm like yeah man i'm like you have to get into uh, joe rogan joe rogan (laughs) and she's like dude i've been listening to him i'm like that's so fucked up but oh dude if there's anyone listening to this to this station right now they have to get on that shit because those guys are fucking incredible man they talk my fucking language they're just so insane like so awesome like it's just like a lot of stuff about um the universe just uh like different vibrations talking about compassion love empathy reflection uh really like knowing yourself and knowing others and just oh it's just like a whole heap positivity common sense it's all it's all good stuff Really, really good shit. Um, it's what got me started podcasting. I was listening to Rogan. I was listening to Ari Shafir. I was listening to back when Joey Diaz was doing Beauty and the Beast podcast. Um, 
I was listening to that when I was commuting from where I was living in Lodi to my tattoo shop, which was about an hour, 15 minutes away. So I had a lot of time to, to sit and listen to these podcasts. And it was back in 2012. And I got to thinking like, these are great conversations. You know, they, they're talking about their experiences. And then they're just telling people where they're going to go that weekend. Oh, I'm going to be doing comedy. Come out and see me. You know, and I got yeah. to thinking like, well, shit, I can, I, I've had a bunch of cool experiences tattooing. There's a bunch of cool motherfucking tattooers out there. Like so I can have fun conversations. And so I started in 2012 and man, it took off. And it, what a blessing it's been to be able to sit and talk with, you know, so many artists from all over the world you know, yeah. even before the 50 something shows I've done with Sullen, you know, I got to talk with guys like Lau Hardy, you know, Shanghai Kate, Doug Hardy, um, Hori Benny from Japan, just like Brian Everett, one of the old school black and gray dudes, you know, like just amazing conversations. And it's, uh, it's been cool. So I, I dig podcasts. I think they're, I mean, I wouldn't be doing one if I didn't, if I didn't yeah. dig it. <laughs> You know, I think they're like, great. Yeah, now, nowadays, especially in LA, when you're driving and doing shit, I just I'm, I'm I feel like I'm a bit of an impatient person. That's why I like tattooing as well, because I have to force myself to be patient. Mm -hmm. It's good for me, but we we have so much time where we're just waiting, mm -hmm. <laughs> like in the car and here and there and doing stuff. And I think it's I mean, at least for me, I love. I, I would love it if I can feel like I'm doing something useful during that time, mm -hmm. you know, or enjoying myself or mm -hmm. something sitting in a, sitting in traffic, sitting or in whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's tons. I mean, there's podcasts now on everything. I mean, there's, there's this cool one called Zencast and it's this, um, uh, Buddhist teacher that does, uh, teachings in Redwood city, California. And uh, what is his name? Uh, Gil Fransdale, I think, or something like that. But Zencast, you can find it on iTunes. Good shit. I mean, it's just it's encouraging, in. like, educational, positive shit. I mean, that's Buddhist yeah. teaching. But you could find shit on, you know, I mean, you could find podcasts on all sorts of different things, you know, from comedy to, you like, I mean, I was just listening to that um, Carson Haynes on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, who yeah. had been on the Bow and Arrow podcast. Um, gritty Bowman or something like that. So, I mean, there's, fuck, whatever it is, fitness, CrossFit podcasts, there's everything. So well, that's what I love about it too, because like it's the podcast that like we've been listening to at the shop and stuff. Uh, they talk about a lot of the stuff that is. Who are you listening to at the shop? Well, that, that Joe, that Joe Rogan oh, okay. and, uh, and Duncan Trussell, but we oh, put it on. Yeah. We usually listen to it like during the day and then we've listened to a couple of like other ones, obviously, but it, it's really, really interesting to see the reactions in clients that maybe perhaps have never, ever, you know, sort of had any sort of idea of that frequency of, of thought, you know, and, and it's really, really beautiful to sort of like get people thinking. And then, you know, we start having conversations about it, you know, ourselves and things like that. And I think it's a beautiful way to share love, you know, like it's a beautiful way to, you know, create that, um, you know, enlighten people on, on different matters and different subjects and realize that, you know, there are different ways to make positive change in everyone's life, you know, because like that's the other thing too is, you know, I tattoo so many people that are, 
that are hurting, you know, and, and that have lost people or that are going through stuff in their life, you know, like everyone's going through something, man, you know, like, and it's just so beautiful when you listen to things like that and when you can actually talk one-on-one with your client about what's going on for them and, and what you've experienced and, you know, what they've experienced and the amount of shit that I've learned from my clients, like, is incredible and I'd hope to feel like, you know, I'm giving something back to them as well, you know, um, just in, just through conversation, just through positive conversation, you know, like. Yeah, the, the first podcast that I did was um, I named it the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast because my idea was to propagate positivity back into or into somehow into tattooing. You know, at the time when I started 2012, I mean, it, there's all there's always been I think there's always going to be like these little like tiffs and bullshit that goes on in tattooing and this artist doesn't like this person and this artist is pissed at this person and I just fucking hate that bullshit you know I didn't I don't like it the shit that has drawn me to tattooing has been the experiences that I've had sitting around a tattoo shop bullshitting having fun that's you what know, hanging out and that's what it was about and, and I and I wanted to bring something a platform that would bring those stories to other people and that same yeah. vibe of, of yeah. positivity. Like, you know, you guys talk about being in the tattoo shop and sitting with each other and, and talking and, you know, laughing about this or that, or talking about work or talking about your art. And it's, it's that connection that I think is so fun and so cool. Um, oh, it's the most beautiful thing. You know, it really, really is to just be able to like, man, I, I can't even like, express how like unbelievably fucking grateful I am for my life you know and to have the ability to do what I do for a living like I I really like you can travel the world you get to meet different people every day I work with my best friends you know like I I can, you know, I finally got myself to a point where I can work around, you know, my, my children and all the rest of it. And, you know, I employ my family as well, you know, like, it's just, it's just, I get to travel, come see my best mate overseas, you know, like, and we're like, oh, where are we going next? You know, like, I mean, fuck, like, who can't be like grateful for that? And I, I just think I, I just, it's just fucking beautiful, man. It's good times. Yeah, man, it is. It yeah, is. Yeah. It definitely is. <laughs> it's really cool. And I think it's something that, you know, I've been thinking a lot, like why, you know, what is it about tattooing that's so important to me? And I don't think it's that it's tattoo, that it's tattooing that's important to me. It's what tattooing's, the opportunities that I've had and the fun things that tattooing's put me yeah. in line with, you know, and if tattooing went away, I still have all those experiences, you know, I can still been taught that like get out there and go have experience with people go interact and and you know find those moments and so man that's what I'm 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 grateful for that and it seems like you guys have had uh, a fabulous week and it's uh exciting to talk you know as an artist and as a tattooer and just as a human it's exciting for me to talk to you guys I mean I feel the I feel the positive vibe and and I'm excited um awesome yeah, and so thank you very yeah. much for coming on the show. Where can you where, too, dude? Where are you, by the way? I'm in Lodi, California. Where's that? Where? Lodi, California. It's uh, a old CC, Creedence Clearwater Revival song. You should listen listen to that. It's a good tune. One of my favorite bands, CCR. But uh, Lodi, it's up in Northern California, about 35 minutes south of uh, Sacramento. So a little wine country. It's beautiful up here. It's like Napa, 20 years ago. You're far from Venice, then. Yeah. 
Yeah. Seven hours, probably. What? what? California you're in California? What the fuck? Yeah, you got to drive up uh, Interstate 5. Just jump on 5. I think you guys got to zip around some other freeways just to get to 5. But then you jump on 5 and you haul ass. Holy shit. California is like bay, way bigger than all of Sweden. Dude, even. it's like seven hours to get to Sydney. <laughs> just like another state in Australia. Yeah. It's wild. I mean... What's you know what I like about living up here is I'm close to the mountains. I mean I'm pretty, you know a couple hours from Tahoe, and I'm I'm an hour and fifteen minutes to San Francisco, and I can jump on five and I can be down south in a matter of a few you know a few handful of hours if I if I want. We should to. go to Tahoe. Tahoe's beautiful. I've heard. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a beautiful. The lake is beautiful. You know the skiing up there is is good. You know, if you go in the if you go in the warm part of the year, there's mountain biking and it's a beautiful country up there. Sounds yeah. beautiful. Love all of that. Where yeah. can people find out more about you guys' tattooing? Instagrams, websites, what's uh what do you guys have going uh, these days? I finally got my website done. Don't even talk to me about it. <laughs> no, but it's finally done. So I think all our information is on the Garage Inc. So it's www.garageinc.com.au. Uh, we also have a Garage Inc. Facebook, um, which is like Garage Inc. Tattoo. And then I'm on Instagram too. Like I've got a personal Instagram to Neil Napoli. And Cleo's just got her website. Yeah, my website will be up in, I'm doing a new one. It should be up in like a week or something. It's cleotattoo.com. And then apart from that, it's mostly just my Instagram, which is my name. It's C-L-E-O-W-A-T-T-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. My complicated Swedish last name. Well, and um, yeah, and by the way, you have to make it down to Australia. You have to come stay with us, man. It's it sounds amazing. We'll have to uh, get my wife and the little baby and and yeah. uh, hop yeah. on a plane. It's a long ass plane ride, though, right? It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Well, from LA, it's twelve hours, so it's yeah. not bad for me. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've got like we're all totally kid friendly, man. Like amazing. You can Kids. We've got four kids that are there now, and then the, then the big kids that are there, and yeah, there's yeah. a pool. There's heaps of heaps of shit for the nature. To do. Yeah, we're close to. Well, we're in the mountains, and there's like we're just like an hour from Byron Bay. It's beautiful down there. There's heaps of stuff for the family to do. It sounds amazing. I went to. Um, I've been to Hawaii twice. How how different is it than Hawaii? Um, I definitely think the water is bluer in Hawaii and the the beaches are a little bit like the sands a little bit different but it's so different the culture humidity. yeah the hu oh it's different yeah. it's like completely different. different yeah yeah but I mean there's waterfalls there's like all the all the really beautiful like plants and you know all that sort of so we've always and got all the weird animals yeah we've always got kangaroos in our yard and like wasps and spiders yeah we got all that shit but it's yeah, you got the you got the heavy the some butterfly and all the yeah we got shit heaps too. of shit like it's like a fucking farm out there and <laughs> just wild animals it's like we've got like this crazy pheasant that's like a suspect he's always like he's like a criminal like running across the yard it's really funny <laughs> that's amazing it sounds awesome gosh you guys it was amazing talking to you thank you so much i would thank encourage so everybody to go check these two ladies out um amazing work uh so thank you so much i appreciate it you appreciate it too man thank you
Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Southern Radio. I do appreciate all the support. Remember, you can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Southern Radio. Also, if you're a convention promoter or business and you want to use podcasting to promote your event or brand, you can please email me at joe at sullenradio.com and we can talk. And that's it, everybody. I appreciate all the support. I got a lot of people I'm uh, working on getting on the show, um, people that you're going to enjoy. I'm going to start bringing some other artists that I'm inspired by onto the show, and I hope it inspires you guys. So thanks again for listening. Keep hustling, everybody.